Ashley Little from Wholesaling Out of the Box. And today I'm joined by Jacob McPherson. And we are going to be talking about cold calling and hiring cold callers and what that process looks like. So um, to get it started, I guess, uh, Jacob, can you tell us a little bit about cold calling? Like, what is it? How do people do it? What are your general thoughts? Sure. Yeah. So cold calling, right? Pretty basic. It's the general idea of just picking up the phone and reaching out to sellers, um, asking them if they want to sell. And I guess, depending, of course, what they want to do, uh, continuing the conversation from there. So uh, there's a number of different ways to do it. Of course, uh, there are dialers out there that will allow you to call multiple numbers at once. Uh, there are uh there are programs like Google Voice, uh, CallRail, things along those lines where you can make single individual calls but record your conversation, which, of course, we always highly recommend. Um, yeah, I mean, geez, that's that's it in a nutshell. I mean, it's very straightforward as far as reaching out to sellers. It's one of the easiest, simple things that you can possibly do. You can do it very, very quickly, and uh, it's just a matter of whether or not you have enough time. Yeah. And cold calling isn't um, strictly related to real estate. It's a pretty common term that you see for all sorts of sales jobs. Sure. Um, I think it's a little bit different with real estate personally, because with sales jobs, you're trying to sell someone something. And for this, you're trying to buy a house from someone. So yeah. it's a lot more personal than a lot of the traditional sales jobs. And you're, again, not, you're selling, I don't want to say selling yourself, <laughs> because you're not really like selling your body. Um, nothing wrong with sex work, but you know, you don't want to, you're like selling yourself as someone that you can work with to buy your house, someone that you can trust, like, and believe to buy your house. So it's a different kind of talk than you would see with the normal sales jobs. Right. Um, and then Jacob sort of touched on this, but I wanted both of us to go a little bit more in depth on what our process is for cold calling. Um, so we have kind of a two-prong two approach for cold calling where we have a dialer and we have call rail, which he mentioned, to uh, do more individual follow-ups and things like that. So Jacob, can you tell us a little bit about what the dialer looks like and using it looks like? Sure. So we use, um, we use a dialer that's called smartphone dialer and it integrates well with Podio and Ashley's done a killer job of building that out and allowing it to integrate really, really well with each other. Uh, makes our processes as acquisitions super easy and straightforward. So that's probably the main reason why we chose to go with that particular dialer in and of itself. Uh, as far as its uses and capabilities, this dialer has the ability to call uh, four individual lines at once. So and what happens is as a line picks up, it pauses the dialer system so that you can speak to that individual person. If any of the other three lines pick up while you're on the phone with the first one, uh, it basically puts them to a voicemail and it will allow you to immediately call them back. So from a sheer volume play, uh, having a dialer or a system that can do that, that has the, those capabilities is fantastic. Uh, for the longest time, we were using CallRail and we were just making the individual calls. And we just found that we were not able to get through all of the phone numbers that we had in the system. So we're really just missing out on a lot of potential opportunity because we didn't have that ability. So switching over to the dialer was a game changer for us as far as uh, being able to reach more people. And then within that as well, it does allow you to do text messages. So you can receive and you can send. Uh, those are on an individual basis, not on a mass basis. 
Uh, and you can do things such as pre-record voicemails. You can drop voicemails, not RBM. It's not a ringless voicemail system. It's literally, you just simply didn't get the person on the phone. Their voicemail picks up and you can click a button to leave a pre-recorded message if you would like to do so. Uh, we don't do that because we like the more personal touch of a voicemail. So we leave our individual voicemails as they, as they get picked up. So that is how we use the dialer and how that works essentially. And then as we get people on the phone, we have those conversations and talks and then we push them on to the next step and go from there. Yeah, that's an awesome description. Um, and as the person that like looks at the numbers for our company, I can say the call volume went up exponentially with the dialer. And it's because you don't have those, you know, five seconds in between calls and stuff that really start to add up. Um, sorry, my dog's in the background. Um, okay. So then call rail is our tool to do individual follow-ups. Can you tell us why you would use that as opposed to a dialer? Uh, yes. So it's very easy for things, especially when you're talking about a mass scale, it's easy for things to get lost inside of the system, inside of the dialer. Um, we have done, I think, just about as good as we possibly can um, building out the ways of tracking and recording all of that so that we don't have anything drop off. But it's a lot easier once you get somebody on the phone. If you have a good conversation with them and you know you're going to be following up, it's easier to push that into a seller lead in Podio and then set an individual follow up and then call that person back on, on call rail as an individual number. Um, you can still even do that in the dialer. You can just call that individual person back just in and of, in and of itself um, without going through the mass system, so to speak. But for us, we just found that it makes things a lot easier and it just allows us to track and organize ourselves a little bit better. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, okay, so that is a sort of a rundown of what we do within our company. Now we want to go into a little bit of pros and cons of cold calling on your own um, or cold calling within your company. So um, I'll get started and then we'll just kind of go back and forth until we run out of pros and then we'll go to cons. Um, so one of the pros is uh, something that we talk about a lot is time value of money. And something we ask anyone in our coaching program when they first come on is, do you have more time or more money? because that affects the approach that we're going to take with you. Um, not because one is better than the other, but it's just because that's the reality of your situation. So we want to make sure that we are helping you to the best of our ability within what like your own box of what you're working with. And so cold calling is a really great opportunity for people who have more time than money when they're starting out. Um, it does take up a lot of time, even with a dialer. Um, some of our guys are on the dialer for like 20 hours a week. It, that's a lot of time. Um, and so it, it does take a lot of time to do that, but you save a lot of money by doing that as opposed to mail um, and social media or online marketing, things like that. So Jacob, any pros from you? Um, those are the big ones. Uh, the big ones just simply being that it's relatively low cost. Um, it's one of the simplest and easiest, oldest ways of getting in touch with people is just by simply calling them. And like Ashley said, as long as you have the time to sit down and make calls every day and do that, then that is definitely going to be one of the cheapest options of marketing, hands down. So I think for a basic call rail system, it is what, Ashley, 40 bucks a month plus an additional. Well, yeah, they've just upped it. Recently? So it's like 75 okay. total. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. 
So even that, I mean, $75 a month for a basic system that allows you to record calls and keep track of the sellers that you reach out to, I mean, that is incredibly helpful, especially if you can integrate that with a system like Podio or any other CRM for that matter and track your leads. So yeah, that is definitely the biggest pro I think to cold calling is it's just one of the most basic, cheapest ways to reach out to people. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so then um, let's go into a few cons. Um, do you want to start this one? Yeah, and I'll take over. Yeah, for sure. I think the biggest con is definitely the fact that it does take the most time. Mm-hmm. Um, the other, I think, issue that we see often is when you are uh, building your lists and you are skip tracing your leads. Uh, you're not always entirely sure what phone number is correct, right? So you may skip trace one individual lead and you may get 10 or 12 phone numbers back. And it's likely that 80 or 90% of those are going to be wrong, right? So maybe only one or, one or two of those is correct. So it's fair to say that if you're going to be cold calling, and this is why doing it on a mass scale is, in our opinion, better. If you're going to be doing that, you're likely going to be calling on a lot of wrong numbers. And that is ultimately what increases the amount of time that you have to spend making those calls. So I think that the quality of the phone number is of great importance, but unfortunately we don't really have a way to control that. So we can only, we can only do the best with what we're given. So, but I think that that is probably the biggest con when it comes to cold calling on a mass scale. Yeah. Um, I think some other cons too are, uh, part of it is the fatigue that comes with it. The no fatigue. We talk about this a lot and this kind of goes into what we'll talk about next with hiring cold callers is there are, Jacob said himself, there are a lot of days where he might not get anyone on the phone. It's just leaving hundreds of voicemails and, you know, it gets very tiring and it's a little bit like demoralizing. Why am I going to keep doing this? And then the next day you might get 20, 25 sellers on the phone. And you're like, yeah, okay, I can do this. So you just don't know what kind of day you're going to have with that or how many sellers you're going to be able to reach out to. Yep. Um, I'm so happy that you brought that up. And I'm, I can't believe I missed that because I literally <laughs> run into it every day. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's why though. Maybe it's just because I'm, I'm just so inundated with it. It's just yeah. like, ah, oh, it's just another day. <laughs> yeah. So and another one great. that Jacob actually brings up too is the fact that these sellers are less motivated. So if you're sending out mail, which again is more expensive, um, then people that call in are at least somewhat motivated or they're, you know, they're considered more warm leads than cold leads. So with this, you're going to get a lot of people who are like, how did I, how'd you get my number? How'd you like find my name? Why are you calling me? That kind of thing. And so that adds into that no fatigue aspect too, where you're going to get a lot of skepticism and a lot of people that are not interested um, until you are able to find those few that are interested in selling. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's a, that's a great point to bring up because if you are doing, if you are somebody who is marketing to sellers and the only campaign, excuse me, the only funnel that you have in your system is cold calling to sellers, mm-hmm. um, just know that everything that you do is an outreach, right? You don't have anything coming back. And as Ashley said, that is extremely fatiguing and can be very demoralizing when you're sitting there day after day going, well, shit, I made 300 calls today and I didn't get a single person on the phone that wants to sell. And maybe you did that for a week straight. You make 1,500 calls. You don't get anybody on the phone that wants to sell. And if that's what you're doing week in, week out, and you're not seeing any leads come back in, 
it is really, really hard to sit there and still take a positive spin on that and be like, well, yeah, but I got 1500 calls out. Right. So we'll just keep chugging away next week. Yeah. It's really, really difficult to, to keep that mentality. And in this game, and especially in wholesaling, that's incredibly important. Mindset is everything. Yeah. Um, totally agree with all of that. And then I've got one last con in that when you're doing this, and this is a con for all kind of cold calling and one that we've been running into recently is that sometimes your number is going to show up as spam. Mm -hmm. So, um, trying to figure out how to get around that, of course, but you know, if you're calling enough numbers all within the same time period, it is going to appear as spam and people are not going to want to pick up. Um, and I lied because I actually thought of another one, uh, is that we live in a world where people don't answer phones, especially if it's a number they don't recognize. I sure don't. I'm like, if it's important enough, they'll leave a message unless mm -hmm. it's someone that I know is calling. Um, and so you'll get a lot of that too, but then they might listen to the message and it's more work to call back after that than it is to just answer the phone. So that yep. psychological aspect comes into play there too. Mm -hmm. And that's what, that actually brings up a great point. So, because sometimes like when I was first calling on sellers, I wasn't sure, like, oh, I'm not, I'm not going to leave a voicemail. I'll just try to call back. Right. Like I, I didn't get them on the phone. I don't want to leave a message on their machine. The number of sellers, especially recently, uh, just within the past week, I've had two different sellers tell me this, where the number came up on the phone. They didn't recognize it. They didn't answer. And both of these sellers said, if you hadn't left a voicemail, I would not have returned your call. So the importance of leaving a voicemail, it seems so, so simple, but if for whatever reason you ever have a voice inside of your head that says, I'm not going to leave a voicemail this time, just block that out, say, no, I'm definitely going to leave a voicemail and just do it because otherwise you're going to probably really kill the chances of a callback. Yeah. I think especially with people that are 50 and younger, mm -hmm. um, that really hurts your chances because again, most of those people, um, you know, they're like, oh, I'm not going to bother. Uh, some of the older people that, especially if they're in retirement age, they're kind of bored. <laughs> and so they will call you back just to kind of see what, what's going on. What's up. What are you trying to talk to them about? But for the most part, yeah, just making sure that you leave that message, which can't, does add time to your, uh, cold calling. You have to build that in. It does. Um, okay. Any more pros and cons you can think of for cold calling uh, in general? Not, not really that I can think of. I think you touched on, I think we, I think we covered them all. Okay. So, um, yeah. Okay. Any other tips and tricks for people that are starting cold calling for the first time? Um, we haven't touched on scripts. So if you have any mm -hmm. tips for that, uh, just anything, especially for new people that are starting out on cold calling or people that have been cold calling for a while and really want to refine their technique. Yeah, I think um, the hardest part of cold calling is uh, the very beginning of the phone call, right? And we refer to it as getting getting past the stiff arm, mm -hmm. right? Because, I mean, you can think about it in this perspective, but when you get a cold call from a telemarketer or somebody you don't know, right, your defenses immediately go up. You're already skeptical, right? You're kind of in that phase of like, what the hell is this person calling me about? What do they want? Who are they? I don't know them, right? So... How do you get through that? Because you're not going to have you know, a good conversation with somebody if you can't get through the first 30 seconds of the call. So there's a couple of, there's a couple of tips and tricks that we teach for that. Um, I won't go into too much detail here, but the idea of announcing who you are, what you're calling about, and just being straightforward and honest with the seller, 
If you can do that in the first 15 seconds, you ask them permission essentially to continue the call. And if they want to keep going after that, then you take it from there. If they don't, well, then it's on to the next phone conversation, right? So I think getting really, really good at just introducing yourself and and framing the conversation up front is going to go a long way when it comes to cold calling. If you can't learn that, you're going to have a really, really tough time finding deals this way. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Yeah. And I think going off of that, one of the best things that you guys can do is read the book, Never Split the Difference. Mm -hmm. And if you're interested in reading along with us, we did a series of podcast episodes about it where we went in um, chapter by chapter and really dug into the different kinds of sales techniques and how, how to apply them to real estate. Because like I said at the beginning, it's totally, not totally different, but it's a different um, mindset with the trying to buy something versus trying to sell something. Um, so yeah, definitely go ahead and list, listen to that. I'll put it in the show notes for you guys. Um, I think one of my tips and tricks is to uh, ditch the script, which I know a lot of people don't like to hear, but part of it is you, you don't want to sound fake. Like I'm sure you guys can tell when I've written up my intro and my outro for the podcast, and I'm like reading it verbatim versus uh, this time when I kind of freestyle it. So making sure that you sound like a normal person and not a robot, um, it's really important to get rid of that script or just, you can have the script and have a general idea, like maybe have a sticky note with all the points you want to go over um, stuck to the side of your computer, but practicing it with um, your significant other, with friends, having them pretend to be sellers, it helps you really get into this role-playing kind of aspect, um, but it also helps you familiarize yourself with the script without making it too robotic. Yes. Yeah. And like Ashley said, I think we should definitely go in on this a little bit more because it's extremely important, but that whole idea of you're not pitching, right? You're not selling something. You're trying to buy something, right? But the, the thing that you are trying to buy, right? The piece of real estate, the property has to meet a certain set of criteria in order for that to work for you, right? So really what you're doing is you're having a conversation and you're asking questions that allow you to qualify if what this person wants to do fits what you want to do. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't, that's fine, right? I mean, we talk to so many different people that are like, well, yeah, but I'm just going to list it. I already have a realtor. I already have an agent. Okay. It sounds like that's going to work out pretty well for you, but would it be okay if I just simply followed up with you in what, maybe 30 days a month, something like that? Sure. Okay. That's about the best that you're going to be able to do in that situation, right? Because I'm not a realtor. I'm not an agent. I'm not going to be able to list the property. We have an in-house broker that can do that. But if they already have an agent, there's probably not a whole lot that we can do there. So it's that idea of qualifying the lead over the phone. And you do that by asking questions and having an open, honest talk about what it is they're looking to do. So I think that that's a really good point to bring up because a lot of people go into this with this mindset of, I need to find out about the property. I need to find out about the price. And then I need to set a walkthrough and they just go down that path without really thinking about it from the perspective of like, well, what does this person really want? Like, does this seller, you know, do they even want to work with somebody like us? Would that make sense for them? So those are the types of questions that you want to ask, right? sounds like you're looking for retail things like that. You're trying to qualify if the lead actually makes sense. And if it doesn't, perfectly fine. You can end on a good note, call that seller back in a month, see if anything changes. 
So really, really good point to bring up there, Ashley. Yeah. Okay. Um, any other tips and tricks before we move on to hiring cold callers? Mm, no, not that I can think of. Okay. Um, so hiring cold callers, uh, I've got, there, there are kind of two different ways or paths you can take here. There is hiring, um, a cold calling company. There are a few of those out there. And then there's hiring someone in-house and just as a, um, disclaimer, we have not hired a cold calling company. Sean has in the past, but I was not on with full circle when that happened, but we do have in-house cold callers. So I can kind of speak more from that with a little bit of Sean's experience, uh, sort of in there. But what it looks like for in-house cold callers is we have mined all the leads. We've created a system and a process for these cold callers. We've trained them how to talk to sellers and um, what to do when they find a viable lead. Okay. For a company, it's a little bit different because you're still going to provide the leads and you will provide a little bit of what you want them to do. But a lot of how they, um, how they talk the, the way they take notes, the, the way they push leads over, it, it's all based on what their company has taught them. It, it's based about how that company does business. So you have less control in that respect, but it's not as time consuming having to set everything up on the front end. So it's, it's really an either, or you just got to pick which is going to work right for you. Um, so let's go into pros and cons of hiring cold callers, whether it's a company or it's in-house. So Jacob, why don't you go ahead and start with some pros? Sure. So pros of hiring cold callers is now um, we, uh, the current acquisitions managers and so on, have additional time to focus on other things within the company that can better help us grow. Mm -hmm. So the time associated with it is better for us, right? As long as these people are able to produce. Um, now, if you are hiring cold callers yourself in-house, then obviously there's a lot that comes with that, right? Now we have control over what they, what they do specifically and what they say. So there's a lot of benefits to that because now we can have a, a more uh, direct approach with them as far as how they talk with sellers. And then we can track um, the KPIs, right? Essentially the leads that are coming in, how they're talking, how those conversations are going, and we can tweak those things as necessary. So that is definitely a benefit to having in-house people versus hiring a company. And then of course, we can teach them to work within our systems and processes and allow us to build that out more efficiently for what we do. Um, a couple of other pros from a mental state, right? As Ashley had brought up earlier, it's tough to sit on the dialer for 15, 20 hours a week. Uh, especially when the vast majority of those phone calls are no's or leaving voicemails or whatever have you, right? So having somebody else kind of get through the suck, so to speak, of cold calling is definitely beneficial from a mental standpoint. It takes a lot of pressure off of us as acquisitions managers and puts it onto somebody else. And then ideally, if we've done our job correctly and taught them how to you know, really have good conversations with sellers, then we should be able to pick up on the warm leads that they kick over and bring in for us then. So I think that those are some, some huge pros as far as bringing on cold callers. Yeah, and I think one pro of bringing on cold callers via a company um, as opposed to in-house mm -hmm. is that it is a lot easier for you to get set up and to get going and to get started. There's a lot of that analysis paralysis where you've read so much about a topic that you're like, oh God, I don't know if I can get started 
And with this, you kind of, you get that out of the way because someone else is doing that for you. Another pro of that is um, if you don't know what you want or what you're looking for in your process, by hiring a company, that will teach you what you want and what you're looking for. Because most of the time you'll get to review the calls they make and you'll get to listen to them and say, and think about, okay, this, I, I don't like how they responded to this. So A, it can help you refine your talk, but B, it can help you figure out, okay, when I hire my own in-house cold caller, this is what I'm going to expect for them. These are things to think about, things that you wouldn't have known if you hadn't done this experiment first. Yep. Um, any other pros, Jacob? Uh... No, I mean, I guess going a little bit more off of what you were just speaking to, um, mm -hmm. this, this is actually great because this ties in with what we're doing currently. So we're, we're currently reading a book called Who Not How. And the whole idea of this is taking, um, taking things off of your plate and giving it to somebody who's better equipped to do it, right? And one of the biggest issues that people have when it comes to starting a business or creating a new process is that maybe they're just not the right person to create that, right? Maybe they have the idea, but they don't know how to actually implement that. So I think that in going with a, a cold calling company, the pro there, like you said, is that you're not having to worry about all of the, you know, all of the initial setup. You're basically just hiring people. They're coming on board. They're immediately helping you take calls off your plate. And you don't have to really worry about a lot that goes into that. And that is extremely helpful. I think that the idea of just being able to start is, is incredibly important, especially if you're somebody who the, the task that you're trying to plan out just seems so daunting that eventually it just stops you dead in your tracks and you never do it. If you're going to be in that particular set of circumstances, then maybe hiring a company to at least start the process for you is the best thing that you can do. Because like Ashley said, I mean, worst case scenario, right? Maybe nothing really comes of it, but you're definitely going to learn. You're going to learn what you liked about it, what you did not like, and then you're going to be able to make changes moving forward. So maybe the return on investment from a profit standpoint isn't necessarily there, but from an educational standpoint and a learning perspective, it's definitely going to be there. So I wholeheartedly agree with that. Yeah, all very good points. Um, let's move into the cons. So uh, one of the biggest cons for me on this is that you sometimes these cold callers, especially if you're hiring a company, are so just in the mindset of got to get through all these calls. This is how I get paid. It's just how it is. Um, and this was an experience that Sean told me about where he was listening to a call from a live answering cold calling service of someone that he was talking to or uh, someone that he had hired. And they were on the phone and the person on the other line said, uh, something about how their mother had just died yesterday. And the, the cold caller answered, oh, okay. Well, how many bedrooms does this house have? No. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Is this the right time to talk? Not really a good response, more just like robotically following that script, which is a good, good reason to not follow the script uh, to the T, to make sure that you are actually reacting and you are actively listening and you are having human reactions to the people that you're calling. So that's that's a big con right there. Um, another with this is that if you are hiring cold callers, whether through a company or in-house, it's gonna cut into that, uh, that time versus money thing. So it, it's gonna be more expensive. 
Um, where if, whereas if you're calling yourself, it's less expensive, but you're taking up a lot more time. So you need to go into that time value of money mindset where, okay, is it going to be more beneficial for me to do 10 hours and have someone else do another 10 hours? Or should I do the whole 20 and look at it based on your, your life and what's going to fit in best so that you are still able to have time with the family, do things with friends, get all your chores done and everything like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's, um, yeah, those are great points. So when you, you know, initially when you're first starting wholesaling, many of us are not necessarily going to have the money available to be able to go and spend on hiring uh, cold callers right off the bat, right? Um, vast majority of us are, you know, the whole reason that we get into wholesaling or real estate is because we want to make more money, <laughs> right? And try to build up our capital. So Ashley brings up a really great point there. It is going to very much be a, it's going to be a cost, right? It's going to come at a cost. And then in addition to that, if, especially if you're, if you're hiring your own in-house uh, cold callers, it's also going to take a lot of time and training them because like Ashley said, if, if you have one of your cold callers on the phone and the first thing that comes out of the seller's mouth is that his mother passed away and they don't have an empathetic response to that, there is no way that person is ever going to pick up that phone call again. So, and that takes time, right? If you have a cold caller that does that, now you've got to retrain them on how to go about that. Or you have to spend the time looking to hire somebody else that maybe is you know, a little bit better initially. So there's a lot of time that goes into the in-house training portion as well in order to get them up to speed. But again, the pro associated with that is that you do have control over that process. And if you can figure out a way to train them effectively, then you should get a better response rate once they actually start reaching out to sellers. So, um, but the time spent to do that upfront is pretty substantial. And that's definitely gonna take away from other portions of your business. So I think that when you're first starting out, you're likely going to end up making a lot of these cold calls yourself, but I'm sure that most of you probably see yourselves growing and eventually pulling yourselves out of whatever position you're starting in, right? So as you do that, as you grow, you're going to have to figure out a way to bring on additional people, mm -hmm. right? And that's what's going to allow you to grow as a person and as an owner. So yeah, and yeah, I, I think uh, we're like Jacob said earlier, we're reading Who Not How right now. Um, by this time, a couple of chapters will have released. I would definitely recommend going back and listening to us discuss those chapters and following along as we continue reading it because it really goes deep into this. And it's I think it will be very helpful. Yep, definitely. OK, um, any other cons? Uh, I mean, a lot of it, I think, just comes down to the effectiveness of the cold caller over the phone. Yeah. Um, it's the time spent training, training them, right? If you are going to hire a company to do cold calls for you, um, you're not going to have control over that process. You're not going to be able to train that individual person. You're going to have to go back and work with whoever that company manager is and, and talk about, you know, what their effectiveness is and how many leads they're sending over and how they qualify them. And is this even really working? Right. Are you even seeing a return on investment? I mean, those are questions that you would have to ask. So, yeah, I think both ways there's I mean, there's pros and cons on both sides of it, of course, as far as time versus money. But there's there's time cons on both both sides of it. Initially, it's going to be a time. It's going to be a lot of time expense, whether or not yeah. that's you training or that's you qualifying the company that you're hiring to make sure that they're going to do a good job. But eventually, hopefully, after working with them for 
you know, for let's call it three or six months, however long it takes, right? You'll start to get a positive response and you'll start to see your time start to build back up in the opposite direction. Yeah. And actually another con I just thought of as well is that um, you don't always, you can't guarantee you have the same cold color every time that that has been a problem with people we've worked with in the past. Um, okay. So tips and tricks, Jacob, for cold calling or hiring cold callers or the process that we're using for that, anything in there? Ooh. Um, I've got one if you want me to start. Yeah. Why don't you start? Cause I've, I've okay. got, I've got one, but let's, I want to hear what you have to say. Okay. So mine is that we gave our cold callers the, um, the lower value leads, we know where our bread and butter is. And we, we close a lot of deals off of probate. So we had our acquisitions, people um, like Jacob, like Cam, who were really uh, experienced with talking to sellers and knew how to handle these delicate situations. Cause with probate files, someone has died probably semi-recently. And so we didn't want to give that to the cold callers. We wanted to give that to our experienced um, our experienced acquisitions managers. And so the cold callers were able to wade through some of the, some of the murkier leads as a way to put it, um, so that they could find the ones that were actually motivated and might work and pass them along, save some time for our senior acquisitions managers to really put into, uh, developing those probate leads. Yep. Yeah, That's a great point. And I think the, some of the other tips, tips and tricks. So when you are, when you are hiring, whether or not it's a company or, or if you're going to be hiring somebody in-house for yourself, um, spending that time up front with them and teaching them how to get past that stiff arm and keeping the conversation very, let's call it very light and very short, sweet to the point. Um, teaching them how to have that talk initially right? Not going into a great amount of detail where most people get tripped up on the phone, especially when it comes to cold calling is they don't have enough experience doing it. So initially you kind of just start spouting and spewing off words and information to make yourself sound super smart. I was, oh my God, I was like the epitome of that when I first started. Um, but keeping things short and sweet and simple is really the best way to go. So not talking about how, how many projects you've done, where you buy, and I bought three houses around the corner. You don't need to go into any of that, right? Hey, I'm just a guy that buys houses. I was just curious to know if you might be selling. That's really all you need to say. You don't need to go into much greater detail than that. And being able to teach that to your cold callers and have them qualify leads, such as we just looked to buy fixer uppers and rentals. Does this sound like that might fit? Right? You don't need to have them go into a crazy amount of talk. You just need to get an initial qualifying question in there and see how they respond. So that's not even necessarily just for cold callers. That's for they're hiring cold callers. That's really for anybody that's going to be cold calling. Yeah, excellent point. Um, all right, so we're coming to the end of this episode and I put in here uh, in our outline about our recommendation. And I realized as we were going through that we can recommend till the cows come home, but really it's, it is your business and you need to decide what's going to work best for you. It might be that you have more time than money. So cold calling on your own is the way to go. Or it might be that you have a little bit more money than time. So maybe hiring a cold caller is good or just none of the above for cold calling because you have a lot more money than you have of time. And it just is not worth it for you to make those cold calls. So I think the recommendation, we don't really have one, 
But Jacob, what are your thoughts? So I can mute myself so you guys don't have to wear my dog. No, no, no. I, th I think that I think he hit the nail on the head. I, I think it really depends on what your business model is and, and what your approach is and what your um, what your capabilities are from a time and funding standpoint. Um, if you don't have a lot of time, then doing something that's going to generate a response is probably a better avenue for you, such as uh, maybe it's text blasting, maybe it's mail, right? Something along those lines. Maybe it's uh, search engine optimization, right? A way to get leads coming into your, into your system and a way to get your phone to ring, right? Um, we, I think if we were going to recommend anything, it's, I mean, we do, we do it all. So we do every type of uh, marketing funnel out there. We do cold calling, we do texting, we do mail, right? We do websites. So um, I think having, having that diversity, so to speak, as far as lead generation is concerned is great because some people are going to respond in different ways. So if you can figure out a way to do it all, then I think that that's great. And I think that that's really helpful. But you know, again, if you're if you're somebody who doesn't have a lot of money, but you can spend the time every single day, then getting on the phone and making these calls is one of the easiest ways to go about it. Yeah, perfect. Okay, guys, uh, that is it for today for our episode on cold calling and cold callers. If you guys have enjoyed listening, please leave us a rating, a review, anywhere that you're listening to this and listen to past episodes because I think we give a ton of information to you guys for free and check us out at www.wholesalingoutoftheboxcom for more information about our program, our free re resources and everything else. All right, thanks everyone. And we will see you next time. Thanks all.